Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Today I'm joined by Greg Gifford, Director of Search and Social at AutoRevo, a software company that services auto dealers all over the US. Hello, Greg. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you very much. Um, let's talk about you for a couple of minutes. Tell us about yourself. Wow, where to start? I am from Dallas, Texas. I went to college in Dallas as well. I went to SMU. I was a film major in college, planned on going and working in movies until I actually got out and started doing it and realized it was definitely not what I wanted to do with my life. And that's when I kind of got into computers, and uh, I've been a computer nerd ever since. How did you get into SEO? Actually, I started off as a black hat. So uh, as I was getting into computers, a friend of mine said, hey, could you make me a website? And this was right when Flash first came out, and so I played around with Flash and made him a really cool website. And coming from a film background, I approached Flash kind of from a different perspective than typical web design, and so I made some really cool sites and ended up rolling that into a company where I created Flash sites for people, and we very quickly figured out that they were not showing up well in Google. Yeah. And not knowing anything about SEO, uh, we set about to try to figure out what we could do, and we ended up... Uh, doing what I know now is cloaking. And so we created some uh, code that whenever it detected Google or Yahoo or AOL or whoever was looking at the site, it served up uh, a different version of the site that was text only. Uh, it was, we weren't doing anything nefarious. It was yeah. you know, still showing the actual content that was in Flash, but it was a, a separate version uh, specifically for the spiders. So I, I kind of figured out at that time, hey, this is what's what's working to get stuff to show up in Google. And then we started fooling around with, you know, other tactics. And uh, that company kind of went the way of the dinosaur. And yeah. I I got hired to be a flash designer where I work now and very quickly worked into marketing and got into legitimate SEO and have been doing that ever since. So let's talk about local SEO. Um, perhaps start off. We have covered this on the podcast before, but let's start off with a quick definition. The best way I usually explain it to people is that think about ordering a pizza. If you sit down at your computer at your office and type in pizza delivery, you're going to get a completely separate set of results than what you would get if you did it at home. And that's because Google knows where you're located and it knows for that type of search query, you're looking for something local. You you, you don't want to find a pizza delivery place that's three hours away. You want something that's close by so you can get a pizza. Yeah. And so there are certain business types that Google has determined are these 
local type of queries, whether you type in a city or not, and it's going to give you local results. And that's either based off of your IP address of your computer, or if you're on a cell phone, obviously it knows where you're located. And so with local SEO, you've got extra signals above and beyond what you do with traditional SEO that help you show up in those local queries. Now, Greg, in your opinion, um, what are the most common mistakes in local SEO? Or, I mean, or SEO in general? Uh, the big kick that I've been on uh, lately that I'm I'm speaking about whenever I go to conferences right now is trying to get across to people that they need to stop trying to fool the nerds at Google. Uh, it seems far too often that business owners uh, or even SEO agencies will come in and put a piece of content on their site or do something to their site with the the mindset of this is going to help me rank in Google or I'm going to do this because this will make me rank. And instead of focusing on Google, Google is smart enough now that it, that sort of stuff doesn't really work anymore. And instead, I'm trying to get across the idea that people need to worry about putting content on your site because it's good for your users. You've got to focus on the human first and the algorithm second. Yeah. Now, that, that doesn't mean that you don't still need to optimize certain elements and do certain things in certain places. But you shouldn't approach your website from a completely algorithm-based perspective. You really got to think, what can I do to make the best user experience possible? And so that's, that's really the main, just in general, error or, or mistake that I see is too many people approach their website with, uh, I'm trying to do a, a, a trick. I'm trying to trick Google or I'm trying to do this specific tactic as opposed to I'm trying to just make a really kick-ass awesome website for my users. And then the biggest error that I see in local SEO is, you know, because local is so complicated, unfortunately, a lot of, of small business owners, it's absolutely important to them that they uh, understand Google's local algorithm and they don't. And they don't even know that there is a separate algorithm for local. And so, you know, perhaps you're a bakery and you need to upgrade to a bigger facility. So you move locations to a bigger bakery but you don't realize that you need to update all of your citations and location information. So now, instead of having all the correct information out there floating around, you've got incorrect old address information floating around, and you don't know that you need to update that. And so now maybe you're not ranking as well yeah. because you moved. And, and it's unfortunate that people don't realize that that's important, and Google doesn't make that abundantly clear. So unless you either have a friend or family member that's into SEO and says, oh, hey, by the way, you should do this, you, you may not even know that it's ever a necessity. Now, I know that a while ago um, in the US, you had the Google Pigeon update, and it rolled out in the UK, I think, over the Christmas holidays. Just, right. just tell us a little bit about the Pigeon update and what lessons we can learn about it. So Pigeon hit us last summer. So luckily for you guys, we've been able to do a lot of research and figure out you know, the, the outcome and what has changed with it. And uh, now that it's rolled out over there for you guys and also in Canada and Australia, we all realize, hey, look, Pigeon's here to stay. And one of the most important things is that the radius of results for local searches has been drastically reduced. So, you know, think of it as wherever your location is, Google's going to draw a circle around your location with you in the center and return results from within that that circle. And the radius of that circle has been drastically reduced with Pigeon. Uh, Pigeon also heavily favors directory sites. So in a query... I mean, using pizza delivery is not really a great example because you're looking at restaurants. But yeah. uh, for car dealerships or or something like that, where there might be big directory listing sites, we've seen the directories kind of gain a lot of ground. And so in a query where, you know, let's say you've got the 10 organic spots and then you've got your map pack of seven results, 
of those 10 organic spots, you know, maybe there was one or two directories pre-pigeon and after pigeon, it could be seven, eight, nine directories. So you're bumping a lot of the actual local businesses out of those results. Uh, another big change is we've seen a big reduction in the number of seven packs, the the map pack with name, address, phone number, the map pin and, and review stars. Yeah, there there are, are a lot of instances where instead of a seven pack, we're now seeing a three pack or a two pack or we're not even seeing a map pack at all. And it's strictly just 10 organic results. So a lot of these things have been fluctuating like crazy. And there have been a lot of studies over here that have almost proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that Google is running different versions of the algorithm at different data centers. So you might check your rankings in the morning and then check them again in the afternoon and see that they've changed drastically. And it's not because of anything you did. It's you're just hitting a different data center and seeing a different version of that algorithm. So we know that even though that now... Uh, we're you know six or seven months in over here. We're still seeing things fluctuating wildly, and it's settled down a bit, but it's still vastly different. You know, several times during the day. I mean, you might be number one, num- not even on page one, then number eight, then back to number one or number two. And so, it's definitely something they're still playing with. They're trying to figure out. Yeah. Uh, there's been some crazy spammy stuff that happened over here that they got rid of, but. You know, Hotels.com showed up as an actual hotel location in New York City. So there's been some crazy stuff with it. Obviously, they're still working on it. They're trying to fix it. But if, if you take a step back and look, their announcement said that they're trying to use more traditional web ranking factors when calculating local results. So whereas before, citations played a lot into it. Now, citations still matter. But the, the content of your website and your link profile and your domain authority have a lot more weight after Pigeon than they did before Pigeon. That's fascinating. It sounds like Google are doing a bit of A-B testing, doesn't it? Or maybe A, B, C, D, E, and F testing. Exactly. I was going to say it's it's probably A through M testing. <laughs> it's It's been interesting, too, because a lot of, of local SEOs uh, have you know their preferable uh, rank tracking software, rank tracking tool, and Pigeon blew a lot of these out of the water because it just the the way that the results were calculated were changed, and their rank trackers didn't work. And uh, I actually I write a, a monthly column for Search Engine Land, and once Pigeon rolled out, one of my first columns was, "Hey, look, this is great. This can be an excuse for us to finally ditch ranking reports as a sole guide of of SEO success." Because for a long time, a lot of agencies and even a lot of of customers expect that, hey, I'm going to get a ranking report every month, and that is what I'm going to judge my SEO success off of. And those of us in the industry have been pushing to, to change that for a long time because I could give you a report that says you rank number one for 500 phrases, and you think, wow, this is great. My SEO is doing awesome. But if I'm giving you a report that says that you rank number one for 500 phrases, but nobody ever searches for those phrases because they're so crazy long tail, mm. that doesn't matter to you as a business owner. So what really matters is, are you getting more traffic and are you getting more views and more interaction and are you getting more leads out of that? Now, yes, ranking is uh, an ancillary result of the stuff that an SEO does. But when a company hires an SEO or is doing their own SEO, the end goal is to get more traffic. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market and to get more leads. And so, you know, I, I've been kind of using Pigeon as an excuse to say, hey, look, your rankings are so all over the board right now. Let's just forget about them. Let's yeah. just pay attention to your traffic. Is your traffic going up or down? Are you getting more leads or not? Because that's what really matters. Now, I know you alluded to this just a few minutes ago, you know, with multiple addresses and things, but how do you handle local optimization if you do have multiple locations on your website? So it gets pretty complicated pretty quickly whenever you're dealing with multiple locations, because, you know, if uh, like I deal with a lot of auto dealers and you may have an auto group that has, you know, 10, 15 dealerships, no big deal. But if you're dealing with uh, a company that, you know, uh, a payday loan type of company that may have a thousand locations, it gets really complicated really quickly when you're trying to scale that up to, you know, you've got a, an internal team of one or two people trying to deal with a thousand locations. Yeah. Uh, what's important is that you know you've got your Google My Business, which is formerly Google Places listing, fully filled out and optimized for each location. And while that is hard to scale, it really does make a difference. So you've got to make sure that it's claimed and make sure that they're filled out and optimized. And then beyond that, you've got to make sure that your your ducks are in a row on your website. So you've got to have a, a very solid location page for each of those Google My Business listings to link to. Mm. And so you've got to make sure on your website that, you know, you've got a page that says, you know, here's all the locations. And then each of those locations, whether you've got a location finder widget or whether you're just listing it, depending on the number that you have, they need to link out to an individual page. And in each location page needs to have the pertinent information for that location, but also some, some other useful, relevant text that relates to the neighborhood or the city that that location is located in so that you're not putting up a thousand pages that are basically duplicate content with just 
a different phone number and address. Now, I know that you advocate not using call tracking numbers, Greg, don't you? Why is this? Uh, I've been talking about this for the last day and a half. I did a, a webinar yesterday for a bunch of car dealers, and I talked about that. And car dealers are really big on call tracking, and they all flipped their lids when I said not to. <laughs> but the, to, to really boil it down, uh, there's a couple of different methods of call tracking. Uh, a lot of people do call tracking specifically just to get the recordings of the phone calls so that they can check and make sure that, you know, customer service is great and all that. But yeah. then you've got call tracking where you're using a bank of phone numbers. So you'll have one number on your website and another number on Google and another on Bing and another on Yahoo and another on directory sites so that you can tell from your phone calls where the people are seeing your phone number and calling from. Yes. Now, the problem with that is one of the most important factors for local search is that you have a local area code phone number on both your Google My Business, formerly Google Places page, and on your website, and that that local phone number matches everywhere. Google expects that a, a local business with a physical storefront will have a unique phone number that's a local area code and that that phone number will be used everywhere for that business. So when you start mixing it up and putting in a bunch of different toll-free numbers that don't have local area codes, that's where you start screwing up your ability to rank. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, when I talk to people about this, they always freak out. But I tell them, you know, besides that issue, there's the whole issue of typically when you're using a call tracking provider, you don't own the phone number. So if you decide a year down the road or six months down the road that you either don't like that provider or a new provider comes about and you want to try them, then you switch over and now you get a whole new bank of numbers. And so now not only did you have it mucked up in the first place, it's even worse because you're, you're doubling the numbers that you're using and nothing's matching out there. So if you do absolutely need to do call tracking, the way to do it is to use a local area code phone number and make sure that the call tracking provider lets you own that phone number. So if you do decide to ever leave that provider, you keep that number and you could take it to the next provider. And that way, every time you change providers, you don't have to go out and update and clean up all of your citations. Yeah, and that will provide some consistency with the number, won't it, moving forward? Exactly. You've got yeah. to make sure that your phone number and, and your name, address, and phone number need to be consistent everywhere they're listed online. And that's where call tracking really screws everything up. So if you have to do call tracking, you've got to make sure that you own that number so that you can take it with you if you ever leave that provider. And typically, you know, people freak out even then because... They say, well, how do I get attribution of different websites if it's the same number everywhere? But depending on the type of business, people will typically say, hey, I'm calling in about, you know, widget A that I see on this website. So they'll, they'll mention in their phone call where they've seen either your number or your product. So then with, with that recording, you get the attribution. And if they don't mention it, you can just train your staff to make sure that they ask why. And that way, when you get those transcripts back, you've got the attribution in the transcripts and you can still track that. Right. Let's talk about linking social accounts, Greg, because I know that you've got <laughs> this, is, this is almost like the Greg, the Greg pet gripes show. But I know you've got a pet <laughs> gripe about uh, linking social accounts, haven't you? Tell us a bit about that. Oh, this is my big battle lately. Uh, I'm seeing this far too often. So Facebook and Twitter allow you to tether accounts. And so the idea behind it is you could just post something to Facebook and then it automatically posts to Twitter. Yeah. So it, and I'm doing air quotes when I say this, it saves you time. The problem is it makes you look like a moron. 
because <laughs> if you're if you're let's say you're you're at least kind of on your your online marketing game so you're sharing interesting content on Facebook and you have a, a photo whether it's a caption contest photo or a photo of your product or a photo of something and you share it on Facebook and put something witty with it and then Facebook automatically posts that over to Twitter well, in your Twitter stream, it does not show up as a photo. It just just shows up as a Facebook link. Yeah. So if someone is on Twitter and they're following you on Twitter, they're on Twitter because they prefer Twitter. They want to be on Twitter. You don't want to share something that just shows up as a link. You want to share that photo so it shows up in the Twitter stream and they see it because they don't know whether that's a link to a Facebook post or a Facebook article or it could be a link to a website or it maybe is a photo. They have no way of knowing. And all they see is these fb.me slash whatever links. So your your Twitter feed just looks like a big long list of links to Facebook instead of being a bunch of engaging photos. And there's no reason to have to do that because there are tons of options out there for uh, applications that let you post to multiple social streams from one spot. Yeah, Hootsuite's a great example of that. Uh, you can go to Hootsuite and you can put in your Facebook and put in your Twitter and go in and put a single post and select those and it will go out to both locations, but it looks like it's being natively posted inside of that application or that social platform instead of looking like obviously you've just got Facebook and Twitter tethered together. Yeah, I know because some people don't like the idea of that, do they, Greg? They call it scattergunning, I think, don't they? What's your take on that? Well, uh, we always encourage everyone to... Uh, post uniquely to each spot. Uh, another big thing with the tethering is people will put the hashtags in because they know it's going to Twitter, but you kind of look like a, a moron if you're <laughs> using hashtags on Facebook. People just don't use hashtags on Facebook. And uh, that's another one of my gripes is people that overuse hashtags. They'll put like three or four words and then they'll put 15 different hashtags along with what they're sharing. And yeah. that's just not, that's not how it's meant to work. But uh you know, the audience between Facebook is different than the audience that may be following you on Twitter. Or if your business is using Instagram, that's another different audience. And it doesn't necessarily work to share the same content across the board and just hope that it sticks. You need to share unique content to Twitter compared to what you're sharing to Facebook because it's different. On Facebook, you can write more. You can you can spend more than, uh, you know, 140 characters. And on Facebook, sure, you can yeah. do all the, the great stuff you can do. But on Twitter... You've got to make sure that it's short and that it's succinct because that's what that's what Twitter users expect. And so if you post a long Facebook post and then you've got it tethered over, then it truncates your post and you can't even see the whole post. And it's just all around. It's an awful user experience to do that. Well, Greg, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us. How can uh, our listeners find out more about you and more about uh, Auto Revo? So uh, I post very regularly on the Auto Revo blog. So you can just go to autorevo, A-U-T-O-R-E-V-O dot com slash blog. I have a weekly Tuesday tip video clip series. Uh, it's all geared towards auto dealers because the, you know, Auto Revo is a software company that services auto dealers. Yeah. But 90% of what I post on the Tuesday videos is just SEO tips. So they apply to any business with a physical storefront. So every Tuesday, it's a free video. You don't have to fill out anything to watch. It's all free. Uh, I also write a lot of blog posts on there. Again, most of it is just general SEO tips. It's geared towards auto dealers, but everything I talk about applies to any small business. I also write a monthly local SEO column on Search Engine Land. So you can go to searchengineland.com and check that out. I write for Moz uh, every once in a while. I'm, I'm kind of all over the board. I speak at a ton of conferences. I speak at most of the SMX conferences in the U.S. I speak at all the pub cons. 
Uh, I'm heading over across the pond. I'm speaking at Brighton SEO in a few months. Fantastic. So that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, we look forward to that, Greg. And thanks so much again. So let's wrap it for today. Um, show notes are at sitevisibility.com slash podcast. Uh, we're on Stitcher and iTunes. Feel free to leave a review or a rating. And there's two ways you can get in touch with us. The email is a podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. And we have a telephone hotline if you want to leave an audio message or a question. Plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. So that's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Greg. Thanks, y'all. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.